so excited you're along for the rise. Here at Rising, we talk all things manifestation, life purpose, and more. Join me in today's episode as we rise together. Seeking a digital escape in between swiping through apps all day? Portal, you can go just about anywhere. Providing over 30 options from around the world, you're able to tap into any portal you wish and experience the sights and sounds of that place. With its mixed audio feature, Portal allows you to play its features alongside your favorite audiobook, podcast, playlist, or meditation. Further, Portal even offers breathing exercises and meditations in its escape mode. My personal favorite, the Amazon Jungle. I felt like I was there and I could smell what it would be like to actually be there in person. Portal made me feel like I was able to transport just about anywhere in the world in the comfort of my home. Receive a 20% discount down below in the description with your personal code today, Rising20, and get started with Portal. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Rising. Today, I have a special guest here with us, David Karesk, who helps athletes and coaches with their inner game, who is an Olympic swimmer at one point in London as well. So I'm really excited, David, to have you here today talking about things like mental toughness, promoting confidence, eliminating self-doubt, and even more. Um, in the context of being a professional athlete. So thanks for chatting with us today. Hi, Nista. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So I'm really curious because I've been going through your LinkedIn and, and the things that you do as to when you discovered the power of the subconscious mind, when you discovered these spiritual concepts that you talk about in your personal or even professional life. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. So I'm 34 years old now. Um, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 23. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're baby. <laughs> way ahead. All right. That's awesome. So I'm 34. And until the age of 30, I was, I think you could say like painfully unaware of the power that we have as a human being. Things were on autopilot. And, and what happened to me was um, about, yeah, four years ago was I was still in the corporate world and I didn't have a straight out depression, but you know, like going out a lot, drinking, kind of distracting myself. And I wasn't happy, but not depressed. And there was a guy who came along and he was older, like 65 years old from England. And he invited me to a tea. And I thought that was strange because I've never in my life been invited to a tea. It would be like coffee or a beer or something. Right. And, and so we went for a tea and he asked me to notice around me, we were like sitting in a really nice hotel lobby and, and he was asking me to notice that everything that is not green or grown by mother nature, we create it with our mind. And I sat there in silence for once because usually I, I'd love to argue, not now, but back then I love to argue everything because I thought I got it figured out and I know how stuff works. And I sat there and I couldn't argue it because I was like, I never thought about that. And it was just so true. And then he added that we could also, that we have the power and the capabilities to create the life that we love. And that's when I, I, just, I was like, wow, that thought has never occurred to me. And I found it so fascinating. I was like, what if, what if that's really true? And then I started getting a lot of coaching, started reading, and then you know how it is, the rabbit hole, and it just goes deeper and deeper. Wow, that's that's really fascinating to me. So walk me through, you have this conversation, it seemed pretty pivotal in your life, you were still in corporate, did you, did you transition out of corporate to what you do now? 
Yeah, really fast. So I was, um, you know, I got lucky because here in Switzerland and banking, if you see clients and you turn in the resignation, what happens is they they take you off work, but they pay you the, the salary. So they call it the garden leave. No way. Because I guess you have like time to do, do the garden. And so I had like a five months or six months garden leave, which was super cool. And I just went to Hawaii and started reading and trying to figure out and like, yeah, it was quite That's epic. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but the transition wasn't like that quick, right? It like took time and trial and error. And so on. a lot of uh, loose ends and things didn't go anywhere for a while and the whole journey. Right. So I, I'm really curious about that because you have this um, sort of professional background where it's like rather more traditional, if you will, where you were in corporate, you went to college, you had the whole thing. Where does swimming fall into play you were in, you were in the olympics let's talk about that as well so we can paint the picture and then i want to dive into more of like the mindset stuff yeah i mean swimming for me was always something that i really loved doing but here's the thing when i was and i i clearly remember that right here in Switzerland, growing up in switzerland swimming is not like a huge sport and sports in general it's better now but back then it wasn't like you know it's not like in america that's why america is so good at sports because they they really value it but I was about like seven or eight and I did have an Olympic dream to win a gold medal, right? Like a lot of kids do. And that dream was, it was smashed in front of me. You know, I'm sure like the adults, they didn't do it on purpose, but they were just like, well, school is more important. Be realistic. You know, this is not for you and all that. And I, I didn't know any better. Like, I mean, I was like seven years old, right? I, these were my idols and I, I'd started to believe that. And then, you know, I always set my goals along the lines, what I thought was realistic. And, and every time, so I always got, so the Olympics, I saw myself in the Olympics, but I never saw myself in a final or with a medal. And, you know, looking back, I always got what I, what, what I imagined, basically what I was imagining in my head a lot, but it, I was playing small, but I didn't know it at the time. Right. I didn't know right. it at the time. I know it now. And, and I just think like the big lesson, I mean, that I got out of this was that we got to dream big. And, and I don't like, I don't, not everybody's going to go out like oh, Muhammad Ali and I'm the best ever. I'm going to knock you out. You have, you know, but for yourself, when just in your quiet time, you got to be able to see where you want to go. Can you resonate with that? A hundred percent. Because like, even hearing you say things like I used to see things in my head and they would just happen to me. You know, like now we understand what's really going on conceptually from a quantum physics level, but I can relate to that my entire life. Like I was always that big dreamer as a kid. I was like, I want to write books. I want to travel the world. I want to be on stages speaking. And then went to college and I was like, oh, wow, I don't even know how to monetize off of that. Everyone's applying to a rather traditional job. That was my rabbit hole. So I went down that and it took a whole pandemic for me to snap out of it and do what I'm doing now, or else we wouldn't even be sitting here on this podcast if I didn't have that disconnect from college and from all those conversations about like, oh, here's the big four company I'm applying to. Here's the third round interview I have. Like, that's just what I was always hearing. And um, we can touch on this as well, but you had experience with that in some some sense, because we went to school like two hours away from each other for college. Oh, even though, yeah. Like, yeah. So guys, for those of you who don't know, David went to UVA. So there might be a bit of a rivalry here. <laughs> Talk to me about what that was like. I know you told me off air, like, what was that like? You, you, you're Swiss and you're coming and having the American college experience. Yeah. 
I'll tell you a funny story, okay, with my coach. I'm sure he's not like mad at me for saying it now, but in 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 Switzerland, swimming is is considered an individual sport. Again, maybe it's changing now, but it certainly was at the time. And I got to America and it was about like two months in. And also one of the things you have to know that we in Switzerland or in Europe, we swim in a 50 meter pool, which is the Olympic pool. Okay. And wow. in America in college, it's 25 yards, which is less than half. Gotcha. So that means you have a lot more turns, right? Because the pool is right. shorter. So what that meant is you have more turns and we were swimming like a really hard set with like 70 people. The whole team had to do it. And it was 30 minutes of freaking pain because you weren't allowed to breathe into the wall and out of the wall. So it's like, <gasps> every, you know, it was really hard. Wow. And after 20 minutes, I, I just couldn't do it anymore because I wasn't used to it. And I was like, fuck this. And I started cheating and breathing in and out of the wall. Right. And we finished the set 30 minutes and the coach, he let everybody finish. And then he gets on, you know, the pool deck there and he starts yelling. He's like, Karasek came all the way from Switzerland and he thinks he's something better than you. He started cheating after 20 minutes. So what we're going to do is he's going to come out and he's going to watch you repeat the whole set. And then I had to get out. And I had to stand there and watch them do the set again, the whole 30 minutes of pain. And every time he passed me to like, you know, walk with the other swimmers, he's like, see, that's how America does it. You pussy, you pussy. And, you know, I, I went to the shower and I, I apologized to the team and all that, but that's where I had a light bulb go off. I was like, holy shit, they actually care. Like they hold you accountable. It cannot be that one Swiss guy is just doing whatever he wants. This is all coordinated this is high level this is how you achieve stuff and then I, I thought that was so beautiful and it was about the team and and that was I mean huge light bulb and very nice wow. experience wow yeah just like thinking about how cultural values integrate into sports wow. I think that's something that we either chatted about on or off air but like how much they value um sports yeah. here and yeah. how you were like wow like don't no wonder this makes such a big difference I'm, I'm curious because then you went on to doing more of the coaching and podcasting and you kind of coined this term quantum sports psychology mm -hmm. what is that to find that for us that sounds really cool yeah what well let me ask you the question what yes. comes to mind when you hear it yeah, because I, frankly, before we even chatted about it right now, before our podcast, I was looking at your LinkedIn and I read it, never heard of that in my life. So I think what came to mind then, it was definitely, so for me, quantum reminds me of quantum physics, which I'm yep. assuming this is all tied into that, considering what we're talking about. So in my mind, I was, okay, tying in concepts from physics into performance in sports um but I wasn't sure if that would exactly be like things like law of vibration or law of attraction like things that I talk about so I, I was really interested I'm like I wonder if this is from a more quote-unquote practical lens or if we're getting spiritual with it so for me it was it was there's was definitely a big question mark there it was like what is that yeah all right cool I mean I, I think you're very close and I, I think we're speaking about the same thing but right quantum physics is this new type of physics now that where there, there can be maybe no time that there's things happening you know it's very very interesting and it's a new type of physics and it's the you know now that quantum physics is catching up and and to what we've always known spiritually now they can prove it and that's very interesting because mm -hmm. a lot of people they're like oh if i if science doesn't say it i don't believe it yeah 
yeah. you know, these people. But now there's a very good, a huge door is opening because you can come and say, see what Einstein said, what all these, you know, smart Tesla was saying, all that is now it's 100%. surfacing, yes. which is pretty cool. And quantum sports psychology is just, a, I just made that up, that term, but I think it sounds cool because it's, when you think about it, peak performance, we have peak performance experiences when the mind is present, right? When we're in the now. And when you think about it, like worry and overthinking and, and all these things there, the mind is not present. It's either in the future or it's in the past and with spirituality. And that's what I mean by quantum is like, you know, this, this, what you can't see, touch and all that. You just use that spirit. So spiritual concepts to bring the mind into the, into the present. And then you will have consistent peak performance experiences because you're not thinking basically. Yeah, that I, I love that you mentioned the part of your mind always being in the past or the future. Because like, I don't know if you've read The Power of Now, but that was the first yeah. time where for me, I was like, that is so true. Yeah. That is, I never thought about it that way. And the whole, all we ever have is the present moment line. That just, that blew my mind because it sounds so simple, but it's like, we never really think about it. Um, so in like the context of swimming, did you notice that your mind would wander a lot? And if so, what were those, techniques if you will that helped you just quiet it and bring it back to the now yeah i mean i i guess i was aware that i had like thoughts going on that wasn't that i wasn't mentally tough or strong or that it wasn't my best skill but i didn't know what to do about it i mean i just assumed well i'm kind of like something is fucked up and <laughs> i didn't know at the time you know i was unaware of i mean i stopped swimming when i was 26 or so or in 2012 and that was way before I was introduced to all this, right? So I did for a while, I was able to see a sports psychologist and that did help a lot, but it was just, it was just talking. I mean, it was just, he, the nuts that I had through talking, um, he, yeah, he, he helped me, but I don't think it was like very structured because it was on and off, but it helped and it was powerful. Um, but I, I guess I wasn't really ready for it. I didn't like, you know, search it i didn't i wasn't maybe maybe i was open to it but not really want to letting it in i don't know you know if you're a bit guarded and the ego i'm not sure but i as i said painfully unaware <laughs> yeah I, I and i think even going into things like that like with coaching or therapy or wanting to seek guidance the open-mindedness and the the readiness to be like, here it is. I'm ready to internalize this and apply this into my life. That's going to be the game changer. So maybe at that point, that's something that perhaps you weren't open to. And now look at you, you're, you're coaching, like you're on the other end of it. So it's interesting how things come full circle, but let's talk more then about like things like law of vibration. Like you started studying these concepts. Now you talk about law of vibration and how that applies into athleticism. Um, define that for us and like talk about if you've seen that play out in your own life in certain ways oh yeah i mean this yeah this is a crazy cool topic and uh, hopefully we can explore that a bit together right because i mean it, most people know the law of attraction right and but let me like frame this the way and ask you if you know if that's your experience as well because i think that's very important because you know how let's like take the example of money right like uh abundance and a rich life and so on you know these people that have the fridge magnets and like life is abundant money is flowing to me they sniff the dollars but they don't get any money and and I, that's like because the law of attraction you gotta like look at it in 
you, you got to have a vision and you got to tune in and got to have the emotion of the end result, right? 100%. Yeah. And then, but it's also just as important as, so that's like the vision, but it's just as important to know where you are today in relationship to, to the, that vision, right? So there's, totally. if you don't have a vision, well, then you don't know where to go, basically. If you, if you have a vision, but you don't have a current reality, it's delusional and there's no structure to it. Mm -hmm. so you need both and i think that's with the law of attraction it's so important it's not just oh yeah i'm just doing the same affirmations every day because when you're coming from lack right is that how you see it as well oh my gosh yeah thank you because people don't talk about that enough and i get very upset or frustrated when i see yeah. all these videos and people are like do the 369 do the scripting and i have so many people come to me being like oh i really want to attract so and so into my life so do am i doing the right method and i'm like it's not about the method it is not about the method it is about the mindset um and first like you mentioned being clear but not only being clear it's also like understanding that you have to be intentional in the decisions that you make to embody that result because if you're like you said saying these affirmations every day being attached to this result being like, okay i'm gonna say I have money, I'm rich, I'm abundant every single day in the shower and then expect something to happen. That's still, I don't like using the word wrong or incorrect, but that's not embodying the emotion of the result you're attracting. So I think that's the biggest mindset shift that isn't still yet in the law of attraction or at least new age community still hasn't really been sent home. Like you hear it, but I think people just still don't understand it. People still think it's a spell and the, the, you'll write out things like X amount of times and it'll happen, or you'll have to say it in a certain, certain manner and it'll happen. And it's like, it's really not about the method. I've attracted things in my life, like the wildest thing so unexpectedly by literally thinking about it like once without even having the intention at that moment of like, Oh, I'm going to manifest it. I'll just think about it and it'll happen similar to what you said earlier. So I always like sharing my stories on my platforms. Cause I'm like, it's so easy guys. It's so easy. The way it can come to you when you're not attached, but the minute you become attached, then it becomes so difficult. And even hearing that, hearing me say like, Oh, it's easy. That will, that will trigger people. So I just want to put that out there. Cause I've made that mistake of telling friends like, Oh, it'll just come when you're detached. And I notice a lot of, you know, a lot of tension and a lot of anger. So not everyone is you know, ready to hear that if there still is um, attachment. So in my opinion, the best way to detach is try and focus on other things the best that you can. Try and distract yourself. Try and get your mind in other places or try and practice these mindfulness techniques where you can center your mind. Because if you can get it to the present moment, then your mind isn't going to be on this end result. If you can shift to something that makes you really happy, let's say you enjoy dancing, painting, traveling, whatever. If you can be there, then you're not going to be thinking about oh my gosh, like I want that seven figure salary coming in in three years. Like that can still be an end goal. You can still work towards it. Um, but I'm really glad you mentioned that aspect of how a lot of people say affirmations from a place of lack. I actually caught myself doing that and I stopped saying affirmations because it felt, it felt forced. It didn't feel natural. Ooh. And trust me, your, your subconscious mind isn't stupid, right? It's picking up on, I mean, 100%. if, if I don't feel pretty and I tell myself that I am pretty, my subconscious is going, well, what are you doing? I'm, I'm all to you, you know? And, and it, if, if you actually did feel pretty, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't be saying that. And I think one of the things also is, and 
I'm the specialist. I'm like always in the future. I can forget the past because for me, I can rationalize it away and I can say, well, the past is the past. Can't change it. So for me, it's, but in the future, I'm often in the future because I'm like the achiever type and all that. And um, what did I want to say? How do I bring, I forget my, tra- oh, gratitude. Gratitude for me in the beginning, I, I was always, oh, I'll be happy when I have it, right? It's like a donkey with the, with the carrot. But that's an, another big one. It's really easy to implement, like fe- feeling gratitude every day, just writing it down, closing that. It's the Im- simplest things on the planet. It doesn't take time, right? You got to be grateful now, because if you're not grateful today, you will not be in, in a day, in 10 days. It, you just won't. And that, I think that's huge too, because, you know, those spiritual teachers say, if you're in a state of gratitude, you are connected as you can be to say the universe. I'm really glad you're talking about this because this is something that I was thinking about as well as like, it can seem like these are overnight transformations. Like, oh, okay. I'm going to learn how to develop gratitude over this like three week program with this life coach. Cool. And now the rest of my life after these three weeks will suddenly be more filled with abundance. I'm going to be more magnetic. I'm going to be happier. The same thing goes for things like confidence. Um, You talk about both. You talk about developing both of those muscles and how neither of those things are necessarily permanent in a way or set in stone. They're both fleeting. Um, I'm really interested in you just covering that that idea. Like, how do we really build these muscles of of things like gratitude and confidence? Because it sounds very rosy when you read about it in personal development. It sounds really ideal when you hear about it from like, you know, rather new age, spiritual or conventional gurus um, on social media. But really, what does that look like? What does that take? Yeah. Okay. So how about, how about we just share, how about we share like what we do for gratitude? I think, and then we can yeah jump into yeah. confidence because that confidence is maybe a bit more, it's also not complicated, but like gratitude is very, very simple. So what, what I do mm-hmm. is I, sometimes I choose to put my hand on my heart. Sometimes I don't. And I just close my eyes and I think of three or five things or people or situations that I'm grateful for. And I quickly tune in. Why am I grateful? I notice how I feel. And it takes me maybe a minute or two mm-hmm. a day. And that, that's basically, and sometimes I've write it down a little bit longer, but you know, I just switch it up. But that's what I do. And I do it every day though. That's, that's the key. It's that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that you, that you mentioned that and how specific you were with what you do and the fact that it takes one minute, right? Like it takes yeah. one or two minutes. This isn't some crazy, cause even like when you're starting these practices, 10 to 15, that can sound daunting, you know, that can sound like a lot. So guys think about it, 60 to 120 seconds of your day. How long do you spend on your phone every day? You know, let's, let's, oh. let's be realistic. So, I mean, I'm calling myself out here. I don't even want to look at my screen time. Cause it just, yeah, no, but for me, <laughs> gratitude, um, so I used to do that. I used to do that where I would like list three, three things every day. And I would think about it when I would wake up in the morning. And then what I noticed is it started getting repetitive. It started feeling very forced. Like I would wake up in the morning and I would tell myself, it seems so robotic. I was like, Nista, you have to do your daily gratitude. And when I said that, and I would think of the things and I would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful. I have a roof over my, it just didn't, I I wasn't organically feeling the emotion of gratitude. It felt like I was going logistically through the emotions in my head, but I wasn't 
feeling any different. Um, and this happened after a long time of doing this. So what I do now is I'll think of one thing in my day, like one activity, one, whatever, like, for example, right now it can be this conversation we're having. And I'll think of every single thing that had to go right in a way I'm saying writing air quotes guys every single thing that had to just happen for me to have have been here right now so literally we talked about this off air but or maybe at the beginning of this conversation where I was like we wouldn't be on this podcast if it hadn't been for the pandemic because I would have never had the balls to like start a podcast to be honest I wouldn't have um and then I think about the fact that like for us to even be here it's the small things like I had to have been able to afford Wi-Fi and be living in a house with my family where my parents can afford that and have my own room right now, which is quiet for me to be able to talk to you. Not everyone even has that. Um, have a laptop sitting in front of me, have this microphone, like be able to be here, be mentally and physically and emotionally healthy in a place where I can have this conversation, have things like a phone where I can go market this conversation after. So it's really interesting because when I think about things that way, where I'm like, let me just pick one thing and talk about every single thing that had to happen and be right and be accessible, like resource wise, circumstantial wise. Um, that's when I just feel, I can feel the gratitude and it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like I'm going through some checklist in my head. It's like, wow, all of these things in my life have led me here. And it's always such an emotionally, um, like compelling feeling for me. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I haven't seen that. It's almost like something that I noticed in my life. It's not so much a technique. It's just something that helps me. But yeah, that's what it looks like for me. You know, I'm going to thank you for sharing that. I'm going to try that out. I'm going to try and take that one thing and, and kind of look backwards. That's a good idea. It's Very like good. a butterfly effect. Like I'll just do it naturally anyways with my friends. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh my gosh, like think about it. If that one thing hadn't happened, we wouldn't be here. And I was like, whenever I have those moments, that's when I just naturally feel grateful. So that's another yeah. thing too, um, about just people listening who are trying to implement some of these techniques of personal development and, and growth if it feels robotic and it feels mechanic and you're not actually after doing the practice, feeling any kind of vibrational shift, then just find a modality that works for you. Cause yes, consistency is key, but not to the point where it feels like you're going through the motions and your mind's not even in it. Cause when I was doing the gratitude of just three things every day, at first I was in it, but after a little while of doing it, it was like, okay, food, water, shelter, cool, bye. Like it was just, I wasn't even feeling it. I wasn't in the moment. It felt like something I had to check off um, because it was part of my morning routine because all these, you know, gurus on social media will say do gratitude. So I just want to highlight and send home to people listening, find what works for you guys and practice that because it's going to be different for everyone. Hey, um, that, I mean, if we can, quickly talk about that more because that is so i mean that's like the heart of like personal development why i see that way too often is like people are addicted to consuming and that it, i'm i'm here hey um consuming content and then not implementing you know like if a friend of mine you know tells me about a good book i'll get it on kindle i start reading in the evening I'm like oh my god i love this author how could i hear about him only now or her and I love this information. And now this information is really going to change my life. And wow. And then the author says, stop here and do implement what you've learned, right? Go and speak to 10 girls, go and talk to 10 customers, go and do. You're like, ah, you know, I'll, I'll do that later. I already kind of know how to do it. And, and I just feel so attracted to the next chapter and you continue reading. 
the book ends up on the shelf and you implement none of it and then come to the wrong conclusion. Oh, that I tried that didn't work for me. And so, you know, these principles, they work hundred percent, but what you're saying is we're none of us is the same. So, you know, there's thousands of tools out there, ideas on how to do it. Like you and I and just shared, right. And you just got to find what authentically works for you, what you love. And if you don't love it, then, then, then change it. You I mean, you're powerful, change it. You're not a baby but do it you got to find a way to because you become what you do every day and and that's what it is you know and sometimes i'm not i'm not saying i always 100 percent enjoy it because sometimes it does feel like okay i, I gotta do yeah, it exactly but what in life i mean if you want to be great at something if you want to master something well then you know it's not always easy to have a kid but it's my parents and other people say it's the most beautiful thing in the end it's not always easy i mean do you want it or not yeah, that's, that's really what it comes down to. I think that's even talked about in Atomic Habits. It's like the best way to really, I think, cultivate habits because our emotions are so fleeting is to envision the end goal. That's the best way. That's the, it's, it's not even the classical conditioning of like, oh, like bribe yourself. No, that doesn't, that doesn't work now. It's like truly how badly do you want it? Can you anchor a reminder of this end result, this dream reality in your day to day? to have that be, you know, your sort of signal um, for, for starting a particular habit. So um, it's, yeah, it's not gonna be a rosy thing, but some things just work better for some people and get more, you know, some people more excited than others. Um, but let's touch on confidence because we're, yeah. we're kind of on the same trajectory. Um, and I think you have really cool, really interesting work on that, so. Yeah, look, the thing that uh, Nista that I really like with confidence is what, Here's the thing, if it is con authentic confidence, I'll tell you that confidence will last. And it will last and also it will, it will transfer in all areas of your life. And I think the way to develop authentic confidence, it's been my experience is that you get to know yourself. You start to understand who you are because when you think about it, every time when we're not confident, it's something unknown to us. It's, it's about, you know, something that we haven't done before and, and we don't feel confident around that. Um, and that will never change. You know, every time we do something new, it will always be unknown. It will, we will always, so that comes again and again. And that, for me, that differentiates the leaders and the followers because the leaders, they have an ability to say, okay, I know what I want. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I got to step in the unknown or in the, uh, in the outside of my comfort zone, whatever you want to call it, right? And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to figure it out as I go. Whereas the followers, they want to see the, the path first. And when they, when they can somehow see the path, then they'll start to move in action, if at all, right? And, and I think with authentic confidence is if you just know who you are spiritually, like how powerful you are and what you can create if you know how, if you have the structure, and the process and you know how to manifest a life that you love then it's based on an understanding and as you get to know yourself better you can be authentically confident and you can say well here it is let me you know i'll take the leap of faith and, and we have all done that before right when we took a leap of faith and then we figured it out and it was the best thing ever so we're not strangers to it it's just starting to use it and to use it to our advantage whenever we want it yeah when you when you say these things like get to know yourself know how to manifest know how powerful you are i'm sure there's people listening who are just kind of you know maybe 
discovering these concepts for the first time who are like, how, like, how do I even do that? What does that look like? What, what would you say to them? Just what are some ways to start, start doing that? Yeah, I mean, good, good question. I mean, look, just let's just think of because I'm in the sports world, right? Let's just say, let's start with another example, the Wright brothers that invented flying, right? They had a dream to fly. They had no idea how they were going to get there, but they started trying fail error, you know, fail and correct. And, and then they were in the air, right? They, nobody believed in them, but they did. And then, so they had a dream, they nurtured the dream and they made it a reality. And you could say with Michael Jordan, he had a dream to be the best basketball player. And he was, there's a quote of him saying, I was always a champion. I was only on the world or only waiting on the world to see it. Mm-hmm. Something along these lines. So he could see it in his mind. And then you can say with time, he started to attract the right people in his life, the right opportunities. And then people say, oh, he's lucky. He's lucky. He's not. He's, he had a dream and he nurtured the dream and he used the law of vibration or attraction to because you can't do it alone. So ultimately, you're going to attract the same people on the same frequency. And that's how he did it, right? So that you can create your dreams. And I think that's how it starts. It's like, just think about if you can learn that, would you want to do it or not? And then if the answer is yes, well, start digging. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I, I love that you, you've mentioned all of that, where it was this component of these people, like the Wright brothers, Michael Jordan, just going back to self-belief. Because I think the law of attraction and the law of the vibration and, you know, the universe, whatever you want to call it, I think it catalyzes your results and your journey. The more that you choose to consistently go over obstacles that may be challenging your own self-belief. So think about it. There's so many times where people will try things and it won't work the first time, the second time, maybe by the third time, they're like, done, bye. I, I can't take this anymore. JK Rowling, Walt Disney, I think got rejected. I think JK Rowling was like, 12 times by 12 different publishers I think Walt Disney was like upwards of 70 world worldwide generationally lasting legacies right and so my point here is like and I remember talking to a friend about this um said that these are all just one-off names these are just one-off names that just happened for them and I'm like what other individual in the world would keep trying after 80 times of failure like you are going to be supported when you continuously commit to overcoming all of those challenges in your path. Because the more that you believe, the more the universe works with you, it does. And that can sound really, really like airy fairy or like esoteric to people listening. And they're like, I don't believe in all that. Like, no, like that's not, and it's the truth. Um, Just because like, I've seen it time and time and time again, I will vouch for that. I do think, and I want to add this just with me, like growing up in a Hindu household and a lot of these concepts coming from the Eastern philosophy realm, I do believe in karma. And I do believe that if you do have poor karma in this life that you have to work through, then yeah, maybe your manifestations or whatever you want to call them, they may not be as catalyzed in your favor I do believe karma is a thing I do believe past lives and reincarnation are a thing and they play into how strongly one can attract and one can manifest and I do believe that people who have done better and have better karma attract faster I do believe things work in their favor I just wanted to add that because sometimes people might be like no I do manifest I do go over all my obstacles and it still doesn't work for me I you know I I do think karma plays into that um that just comes from me having that Hindu background but 
in general, for the most part, just see how things start working for you when you keep going out of your comfort zone, when you make your success non-negotiable, when you make those limiting beliefs something that were of the past, because I've seen in my life, the only time I committed to doing that consistently was the past year and a half. Now, half of my vision board that's on my laptop screen right now is my reality, like half of it. And it's been a year and a half out of college. Like I would have never believed any of this um, a year ago when the pandemic happened. And I don't say that to brag or be boastful. I say that to inspire people who are listening to this to understand how powerful it is to keep challenging your own limiting beliefs, to leave your comfort zone time and time and time again and see how that compounds in six months to a year. Um, and then come back to either one of us and shoot us a DM and be like, damn, I listened to that podcast and I tried this after. And like, you guys were onto something. Um, just a little, just a little challenge. <laughs> that is it. That is a good challenge. And you know, to make it even, even sweeter, look, here's the thing, right? This, what, what you just said, it doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. It doesn't matter if you believe in gravity or not, it's still going to work. So here's a, here's a question. You, yeah. do you want to know how the law works? And you want to learn to, you know, align with it and be in harmony with it and, and use it, or you want to just, you know, be in the dark for the rest of your life. And here's the thing, right? With gravity, for example, I mean, look, that's something when we're little, we're not aware of gravity. So because imagine a cliff and it goes down a hundred meters. If you and I stand on a cliff and we have a conversation, we're like, hey, careful. If you take one more step, you know, we're going to fall and we're going to be dead. But if you have a baby crawling there, I mean, that baby will continue or fall right down and be dead because it's not aware of gravity. As it grows older, right, it, it, it starts to develop a sense of what gravity is because it hears things fall on the ground. It falls itself when it starts to walk. And it's really easy. It's hard to miss gravity. It's like in your face. It hurts when you fall. It, you can't miss it. But just like gravity is true, if you believe it or not, the law of vibration is true, if you believe it or not, but you can't see it. You, if you're not... If you not start to listen to somebody who's into that topic and you start to discover it yourself, you're never going to find out because it's not something that naturally just comes to you if you don't, right? And that's why, but it doesn't mean that it's not true or that it's not here. It's just, <laughs> you haven't, and you know, I mean, that's what it is, right? We, it's, yeah. That's why everything is about in life, the goal is to become more aware of what's going on, to know yourself, know more of what is and that's what it is you become aware of these laws and start to work with them instead of against them or without them let's say no thank you so much for mentioning that and giving that analogy um because again that's the thing it's like law of gravity we're like oh well we can scientifically prove that but then when you talk about like law of attraction or vibration for example people start thinking of you know all these more new age concepts and associating it to more esoteric aspects of spirituality where it, it's almost become this schema like now when you hear spirituality people think like astrology crystals you know like scripting and it's like I believe each of those things have value in their own but there's become this there's just become a, a stigma and a picture and a schema of what it looks like and I think it's it's devaluing each one of those individual components and spirituality looks different for everyone. And I was listening to one of your videos where you were like, for me, spirituality is like thoughts and emotions. And I was like, yeah, for me, spirituality is just, I think the awareness of our connection to the oneness that exists in this entire universe. Um, it's not zodiac signs, like that's cool. That's to me, that's also spirituality, right? But that's not the first thing that comes into my head because I haven't created that schema for myself. Um, crystals like I actually used to like I, I have them sitting right back there I avoided 
No way. Is that? Yeah. Uh, what is that? That's beautiful. That's a good one. I, I really like it. That thing is good. <laughs> I really love it. Yes. I, I, finish your, your uh, what you were saying. I, no. Okay. Well, I just want to say, because this isn't a video podcast and so no one can see that, but I want to say we have an Olympic swimmer sitting here with a crystal next to him. Yeah. I love that. Let's, so see guys, like there's my, my point here is like, make it what it is to you. Um, try, I, I really challenge you and invite you to take away those like more conventional, you know, components of what you've seen spirit seen spirituality to be on social media and ask yourself whatever it means to you because for you it could be as simple as just like doing an inner work journaling prompt and like challenging yourself to go inwards it could be taking a walk and being like how do I feel today um don't shy away from spirituality because of what you've seen on social media is all I want to say um but David what were you going to say because you had a thought uh yeah but to to finish that I mean what you're saying you know I think you have a very um very authentic uh line to, to people because i mean you've been doing that for a year you say yeah. and you're already i mean you're speaking so naturally about it but still you're like i mean we're both not so long into the journey right i mean there's a reason why there's no 30 year old gurus i reckon right but um i mean it's it's fantastic what you're saying about how everyone has to find yeah his and her own way i think it's that's very because you can get off the wrong foot if you have if you start with astrology and somebody comes and gives you a reading and you're this and you're destined for that and you're like oh there's just another box right yeah which is not but let me tell you about the crystals because you're gonna you're gonna love this so that exactly. those crystals have like good vibes right and i have a friend he's an inventor and what he invented is like they let water run through the, the crystals around like the crystals for a while and they structure the water because you know how water is it has like a positive pole and a negative pole mm -hmm. because it's H2 and O. Yeah, yes. So they can structure it and they, they managed, he managed to, to in, entangle it with the quantum field. So the structure of that water has a lot more energy and it never breaks down no matter how far you transport it just from running around the crystals. And they already did um, tests with athletes. So they, they only took eight athletes. So it's not like statistically significant, but they tried tests, max capacity. And then four of them got like that crystal water, quantum water, we call it. And four just drank regular water. And then they did the test again the next day. And the guys that had that quantum water, they all performed massively better. So it's, wow. it has to be investigated, but it's freaking water that's entangled with the quantum field which is everywhere right right cool and, and the participants that had the water that ran around the crystal they weren't aware that they were having that water like both parties um, were unaware of which water they were having that's a good question i know i think they were aware I think. they were because like, i don't think they did blind you know maybe placebo yeah. yeah but then again if you can get the placebo so easily if you get five percent better if i just tell you while you're drinking quantum water well then cool it I, I tell people it's really funny because um, I would, I'm always like, read, you know, like we've grown up, we've read science experiments in school and we would see how powerful these placebos are. And I never connected the two, but it was literally last year when I got into like heavily into studying the law of attraction. I'm like, placebo is literally the subconscious mind believing that something will work and it does. You're literally just convincing yourself that something's going to happen and then it does. It does physiologically in your body we've seen this in science so why can't it in other aspects of your life that's just one like breakthrough I had last year and I'm like 
wow, for all these people who are very into like heavily into no hard sciences, I don't believe in this. That's just a little seed I want to plant for people listening who are, you know, I, I, I love that you brought that experiment up because that sounds really cool. Because either ways, whatever, whether the participants knew or not, we're just further, I think, you know, elaborating on the entire concepts that we've been talking about in this conversation. So yeah, they got yeah. a good outcome. They got a good outcome. So I mean, and you know, at that level, if you're at a high level, right? Any any improvement is 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 a good improvement because the margins are are thin up there. So yeah, yeah. Wow, I, I didn't even think about it that way. That's a good point. But you know, here here's a bit of um a, a bit of a difference between what I see in the sports world, what, what how it plays out, and how I see it play out with entrepreneurs and executives that you know, like people in the workforce that get into that work is actually, and it's quite profound, I think, because. When you think about it in the sports world, we're playing a game, which is cool because we're, we're playing a game and we can experiment and see what works and what doesn't and really improve quickly. But the pie is like, it's only that big and it's got to be distributed with all the people because there's only one first place, right? And in the business world, it's a bit different because, well, now we're not playing a game. Um, the consequences can be a bit more severe if you fuck up and so on. But on the other hand, the pie is here to be enlarged. Like the pie is here to, we can create, we can create more jobs. We can create more uh, income. We can create more houses. We can create better food. Like we can create more. And so it's, it's less competitive in a sense. And I think that's pretty cool when, if you, as an athlete, you know, if you can, again, become aware of how competitive you had to be in sports but now you can still be competitive, but be competitive against yourself. Not don't compare to others because there's no need to. There's really no need. Whereas in the sports world, there is because I'm going to measure your time against his time and her right. time, right? Um, and I think that's all there. But yeah, it comes back. It all comes back to awareness. How do you get what's going on? You know. Yeah. No. The the comparison and the competition thing, at least in the society we live in, is I think it's really real and it's like you said, harder to disconnect from that when your, you know, entire performance is based around, in some ways it is competitive, like with, with sports, it's an innate component of it. Um, but you see that a lot too, and just like the, the career realm and in school, like, I, I think that's so damaging as well to like, I don't know, creativity and mental health, because like, you and I both have come to this point where we're like, okay, this is what we're really passionate about speaking, we're putting it out in the world. But how long did it take us to like have to unlearn all the conditioning of, oh, everyone tells you to be realistic. Everyone is around you is, you know, maybe applying appropriate. Like that's a lot of what I had to unlearn. Um, so there's, there's times where competition, I think, can be healthy. And it is part of what has to fuel you for what you're doing innately. Like maybe you see that more in sports. There's times where it's like, how much is it holding you back from your your purpose and your inner child and who you were who you were made to be in this world if that's something that does resonate with you so that is so true um yeah and you say you know going back to the inner child that's actually also to you know in here's the thing when we go back into a childlike state right it's not childish but childlike is a mm -hmm. very empowered state because when you think about it when we were children we learned everything really fast right and in if you want to i mean if you want to develop you got to learn and the faster you can learn the faster you're going to get to your goals and all that right so it's about the rate of change it's about the rate of improvement your rate of learning so you want to have an accelerated 
learning environment. And that's what we had as kids. So how can we go back into that is we, well, we work with a mental image of what we want, not just with language, because adults are really good at putting everything in words, but the subconscious mind doesn't speak English and it doesn't speak Italian. It speaks in pictures and not in words. And then the second thing is when you think about it, when a child mm, learns to walk, for example, right? There is no judgment towards the baby for fucking up. Sorry if I'm, I'm swearing. So there's no judgment from the people around the baby and there's no judgment from the baby itself. It's just trying, it's failing, it's correcting. Oh, that's beautiful. It's failing, correcting, failing, correcting until it's perfect. And that's what we got to do as adults. If we want to have an accelerated learning environment, we got to know what we want and we got to let go of self-judgment and just observe like non-judgmentally and just observe and don't be attached. Don't say that was good. And don't say that was bad because as you do, you, you're starting to think too much and you're not trusting your natural abilities to learn because it pleases your ego because you think, oh, I'm thinking so much, but you're actually just going so much slower than you could go if you just let go and let your 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 subconscious do the work for you, right? I love, oh, wow. Yeah, the like analogies you're dropping here, I think are so powerful because we don't make those connections, you know? Yeah. Um, the inner child idea, I think for a lot of people that can be like, no, like what? Why would I go back to my inner child? It's so weird. Like I've grown out of that. I'm an adult now. I'm suddenly... Yeah. But it's like, like you said, we're so conditioned. Like you see these children and they have, the, like think about to when you were a child, anyone listening to this, like how wild was your imagination and how much did you believe that anything was possible? Because no one told you it wasn't until you were like a few years older than that. And then suddenly be practical, be realistic. How am I going to make money? Like you see students choosing their college majors off of job security instead of what they're passionate about. And that just makes me so sad. Um, and unfortunately, you know, that's also a result of like capitalism and the economic like state that we're living in as well. But like you see that happen because people aren't given enough resources to believe that they will be financially supported in this world if they show up in the way that they were meant to there's there isn't that belief there isn't that correlation yet and that's i think why the work that you and i do is just so so important so it's allowing yourself to you know anyone listening to this maybe one challenge can I, we've spit out a few so far but if you don't resonate with the others um and you want to do another one it's to go back revisit that inner child and ask what did he she they always want what was something that they always dreamed about and ask yourself why, if, if you don't resonate with that dream anymore, why do I not resonate with that dream anymore? What changed along the way? If that dream still calls to you, how do I reconnect to it? Um, Cause I know in my experience over the past year, that's what I had to do. My, me on career day as a child, I would always dress up as a teacher. I would always picture myself traveling and public speaking and that reconnection. I had to do that last year during the pandemic. Cause I was like, little Nista always wanted to do that. Why can't, you know, Nista out of college who's supposed to be a real adult in the real world now, why can't she do that anymore? I had to challenge that. And that took weeks and that took months of, of thinking and intentional action and introspection and the whole thing. Um, so that's just an invitation to kind of leave you guys off on. Um, but David, is there anything else you wanted to add? We've been going for almost an hour and I think we're, we're dropping a lot of gems here. Yeah, I think we now every week we yeah we went through a lot, so it was very interesting to 
to hear uh, your inputs on it. And um, as I said, that with the gratitude, I'm definitely gonna because with the inner child, I connect every day for myself, right? So, um, but I'm definitely gonna try that. And um, yeah, I mean, my my advice is just really if if you're curious about this, and yeah, I mean, start digging. And, and find your way. There's no one size fits all. There's no one right way. It, it, it really isn't. In, but it's the most, I, mean, I could never go back now. And my life in terms like I can just really say it's like in terms of everything, relationships, money, opportunities, connection. Like, I mean, like this conversation, you know, I'm, I don't want to speak badly about um, bank, bankers or so, but the conversation that we just had and we just met is like very profound and it's very you know, even though I love the topic and know about it, it's very inspiring, giving me new ideas and it's very deep. And that, that is possible because we're on that path. And, you know, with other people, it's just very superficial. It's like, oh yeah, in Ibiza, oh yeah, I was in Spain. Oh yeah, how many beers? Oh yeah, that restaurant, no. You know, it's always like this. It doesn't really make sense to really speak about it that much because there's really important things and that is getting to know yourself. If that, that, if that is a tip I can give, it's just make it a priority to get to know yourself because everything else will fall in place. I guarantee it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I have to second that last part. I promise you guys, like you will be supported to get to know yourself. I promise. Like it can be scary initially because it's like, what does that look like? But like, like David said, start digging. I think that's the best, best thing to leave people off with. Um, David, for people who are interested in reaching out to you, where can they find you? What are your social media links? Sure. I have. So I try to keep it super simple. So there's the website, which is davidkarasek.com. And on social media, if you just search for David Karasek, you should, uh, you should find me. Awesome. Great. I'd love to connect if anybody who's interested and, you know, I, this is the cool thing about being online. So yeah, that'd be cool. Sweet. That will be in the description. Like always to anyone listening, David, thank you so much for being here chatting with our listeners today, bringing value to this community and to everyone here at Rising. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode and I will see you all next time here at Rising.